Welcome everybody to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham Deweese and this is Matthew Page and Brian Solmanzolak with me here today. How you guys doing? What's up? Hey, how are you, Mr. Abraham? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's a very, very busy day, even though it's Sunday. Uh, sports actually seems to be notching up a little bit, maybe ratcheting up a tiny bit. I mean, going from zero, absolutely nothing to anything is ratcheting up. Right. Um, but we got, some, oh, yeah. <laughs> but we got some NFL news, some NBA thoughts, and, uh, just want to talk a little bit about major league baseball. But first, all of you out there, please check out all our content here on Seattle sports unions podcast on Podbean and iTunes as well. Check us out at Seattle sports, you on Twitter and Seattle sports union.com on the internet. Guys, let's get right into it. Let's not fool around. No dalliances into the NFL. Did you guys hear the big news? Andy Dalton to the Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> Boo. You're booing uh, this. One year, it, no, I'm booing one, the Cowboys. Oh, I always okay. boo the Cowboys. It's a one-year, $7 million deal. He's got a home there. That's a decent contract for a backup quarterback in case Prescott complains about getting the whatever the uh, contract that he's going to get to i can't think of the term but franchise franchise thank you dalton still has a career in him a little bit of a career in him in case prescott gets hurt i mean seven million as a wise investment in my opinion um i i like this deal too as well uh for the cowboys and for andy dalton uh, like you said, he's got a career still ahead of him. He's 32 or 33. So he's, I mean, he's still got a good, good number of years left in him. Uh, yeah. he's, he, I think he's an underrated quarterback. Yeah. I think he's gotten uh, a bum rap. Um, a lot of those wild card early exits from the, from the playoffs were not his fault. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, this is a great, this is a no, no, no lose, uh, deal. This is a win on everyone. Like you said, he's already got a home in Dallas. So it's like, Hey, I'll just work from home. Uh, take the deal to work at home. And the intriguing thing is, say they can't work out a long-term deal with uh, Dak because he's wants $33 million a year or something insane, um, and he's not worth that. Uh, say, worst-case scenario, Dak gets hurt in week two or something like that, and he steps in, and with all those those tools on offense – leads them to the playoffs or something crazy like that, then they, then they've got options and, and, or at least they've got a lot of leverage over deck deck. It kind of puts the card, you know, the, the, uh, the strength back on their end. So they get a good, they get a great uh, veteran presence on the sideline to help out, uh, from a backup role. Uh, it doesn't cost them too much. And, um, it's a chance for Andy to kind of reset his career. There you go. Yep. How about you, Abe? Uh, well, I was going to actually ask you guys, uh, or not ask you guys, but uh, just update you guys on that franchise tag is $31 million, but he's looking for closer to 40 so maybe in that 38 $39 million. Oh, man. That is, not, that's, that's, that's Russell Wilson money, and that, it, he's not worth that. It's more. No. And it's more, and uh, the age, though, on him is 26, as opposed to, as you said, 32 or 33 for, for um, the Red Rifle. Yeah. So okay. Well, yeah, and and Andy's from from uh, the Dallas area. He graduated from TCU. That's right. That's right. So uh, you know, it's he's back home. So, 
what what would you think if you're a Cowboys fan? Uh, my just a great signing as a backup to be the backup to Prescott. That's how I would view it as a Cowboy fan. I mean, they got a good deal, and if Prescott were to go down, Dalton has more than capability coming in and doing the job. I mean, like Matt said, he's got the weapons around him on offense, not like he had in uh, Cincinnati last few years. I mean, and if Prescott gets all butthurt about it, well, good riddance. The guy is a good quarterback, but he's not the great quarterback. He doesn't deserve to be paid in the great quarterback status. Yeah, you're talking You're talking about a quarterback that's like, you know, maybe 15th in the league. He shouldn't be making top three. Hey. Is that is that accurate though? As you take a look at, as you take a look at his age, he's twenty six. So I mean, he's moving into the peak, whereas Dalton's probably at his peak. Dalton's a uh, he throws away more interceptions than than Dak Prescott does, and then Dak Prescott's kind of like uh, he's a homegrown talent. If you're a Cowboys fan, aren't you? Aren't you kind of like maybe upset that Jerry Jones is playing games? I, I wouldn't be um, because, uh, for one, you know, like I said, Dalton's homegrown. He's from, from, the, from the area. But, uh, no, it's – it's you got to remember Andy came from a team where he was running for his life. He doesn't have enough – he didn't have an offensive line. He had A.J. Green, and when A.J. Green went out for in- injury, who else did he have to throw to? No one. No uh, one. You know, the Cowboys actually they drafted a, they drafted a great wide receiver in the draft, and they have um, – What's his name again um, that they brought back? Yeah, Mari Cooper. So there's some real talent there um, on the on the receiver side. He'll have still it's no long it's not as good as it once was, but it's still one of the best offensive lines in the league. And Ezekiel Elliott to hand off to, it, you know, you put you put Andy behind, give Andy the keys to that uh, that that offense. I think he'd do way better than the stats show from Cincinnati. Um, and Dak is asking for way too much. And I think, honestly, I think he's overperformed. Absolutely. Well, but Dak Prescott has a quarterback rating of 97. Andy Dalton has uh, 87. And it, it it's curious, though, aren't you just trading – aren't you just trading one guy who can't win in the playoffs for another guy who can't win in the playoffs? Well, like I said, I don't, I don't believe that Andy Dalton is the reason the Bengals were eliminated. There was, uh, there was four or five wild card games that they went to during his, his tenure, and I can't pick. I've watched, I watched, I remember watching them all, and I don't remember any of them being Andy Dalton's fault. I remember defense being a systematic failure across the board well, by just, Martin Lewis, Martin Lewis, just because the he, coach, just because he drafted and got free agents who. Who like to pick more fights than actually play defense? I mean, come on, come on. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about perfect. It's just not. <laughs> it wasn't just perfect. It. it was most of that defense. You got to remember, Pac-Man Jones was there. He just oh yeah, Pac-Man Jones. He had yeah. nutcase after nutcase on that defense. I, I think it was I think it was Marvin Lewis is why they did not win the playoffs. So that that's that's my position. Yeah, I kind of feel like and he's no longer an NFL coach. So there, you know, people believe that. Yeah, I kind of feel like Marvin Lewis needs he, – I don't. he doesn't seem to be like a disciplinarian. Uh, and I know Pete Carroll's not a disciplinarian, but Pete Carroll cut people at the drop of the hat. I mean, he got rid of uh, Sherman, got rid of uh, Michael Bennett. Um, 
yeah, there, there's a certain point where you let people have a certain amount of leash, but you, if, if they just start turn around and try to bite you, you got to let them go. Right. And I don't feel like Marvin Lewis ever did that. No, he didn't. But why did it, why did the heck did they keep him there for 15 years or whatever it was? That, that part I don't get. They should have ownership yeah. should have got rid of him sooner than that. Oh, and ask anyone around the league and, uh, well, most analysts will agree that he should have been fired like 10 years before he was. Well, yep. yeah, yes and no. I mean, it, it's it's hard to tell when it comes to ownership. The, the Cincinnati Bengals ownership doesn't like to spend money. That Let's put that out there front, that front right? Um, what, what would you get if you get another coach who has to deal with a stingy ownership you probably get the same kind of record, if not worse, don't you? No, I'm not. I'm not hard, yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah, I'm not saying that. Uh, not, not necessarily. I'm not saying that he was great, but I mean, like it. I think the problems rooted all the way up to the top. I don't think they were. I don't think it was just. Well, yes, there are systematic was. failures throughout the whole front office, obviously. But I'm saying. Once you get to the once you get to the playoffs, you know it's the coaches. It's ultimately the coach's responsibility. He's got to run the game plan. He's got to, he's got to, he's got to. The buck stops there at the coach. I mean, and I did not see Dalton's playoff, uh, you know, stats anything to indicate that he uh, that he blew it. You know. Yeah. It also kind of seemed like whenever Marvin Lewis was on the hot seat, he all of a sudden had a good year. <laughs> Yeah, I just remember that's true. Well, anyway, uh, all right. Yeah, I was kind of thinking to myself when I saw this, this is the end for Dak Prescott. I think, honestly, the Cowboys are more than happy if Prescott decides he doesn't want to sign. Um, great. Now the Cowboys don't have to look like the bad guy, and they can turn to the fans and say, all right, well, the guy didn't want to be here, so we're just going to go with the next guy. And we won with a Tony, you know, we we won games with, uh, you know, a Tony Romo type, and maybe Dalton can be that. Maybe they can just be smarter this time and have a defense instead of that's ah, Jerry Jones. Who am I well, forget? that's that's Jerry Jones. He's never going to have a defense. But yeah, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I could line up behind that center and hand the ball off to Ezekiel Elliott just as good as Dak Prescott could. You know, I mean, anyone can hand the ball off to Ezekiel Elliott, <laughs> which is the which is the motor that runs their offense. So exactly. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Anyway, I I think. I think Dalton is a better pure passer than Prescott, and I think he adds a dimension that that uh, that they don't have. And if he were to get a chance to start, I think he would he might win the spot. So one crazy. But either thing. way, he gives he gives Dallas the negotiating leverage over Dak Prescott. So from one crazy franchise to another, the Green Bay Packers. It is it has been learned that uh, Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers are enemies. I mean, what else explains the whole selection of Jordan Love, right? And who who, who do you think uh, is going to win this battle for supremacy over the Packers? Well, be, before I let the ownership, that means you two answer this question. I'll give it my shot here. Um, you got to think the coach. I mean, if he got away with moving up in the draft and choosing Love, then he, it sounds like to me he's got some kind of leverage in in their organization there over Aaron Rodgers, even though Rodgers has been around there longer and won them a title. I don't know. That's that's just me. I mean, what's what's ownership say, fellas? Well, I want to point out that this is pretty much exactly the same timeline 
that they drafted Aaron Rodgers in with Brett Favre starting. Okay, Brett Favre still had like three to five years left in his career, and they drafted Aaron Rodgers, a great quarterback that fell to to within reach of them, and they got him. So it's just it's just a repeat of of, of the front office looking ahead and realizing that they're paying an ungodly amount of money to this quarterback and it's time to start thinking about the future eventually. And they like to, they like to groom and ease in the quarterback because they had success with that last time. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a great teacher for, uh, for Jordan love. So, you know, why not start it now? Um, I think LaFleur is on the same page with the management, the, the office, the front office. It's going to get uglier before it gets better. And but wrote, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, I don't understand that. That I mean, I get what you're saying, but I understand because your question was their enemies. What was Favre and whoever his coach at the time enemies too? And that's was, why they chose Rogers. I mean, was, I don't, I don't understand that part of the, the question. Same, it was then. the same kind of kind of knife in the back. At least if yeah. looking at it from the perspective of the quarterback, I mean, it's. Uh, it, it's perceived that way. I didn't, I, did any, did any of us uh, just casual observers or even the media uh, as we are in the media, the, uh, did any of us know that there was problems between Rogers and LaFleur? I mean, we knew there were problems between Rogers and McCarthy. Did they bring in LaFleur and LaFleur was like, Oh boy, that McCarthy guy, look at this stuff he had to deal with. I mean, that, that's all I can think of. He's like, uh, Maybe Aaron Rodgers is part of the problem. There has been some definite friction that's that's quietly leaked out. There's definitely been some friction between Rodgers and LaFleur since they started or since they, you know, got together. Obviously they've been played together. Um and yeah, the friction I don't I don't think Rodgers likes the system that LaFleur brought in. But obviously he's gotta to commit to it and he, he adjusted to it and they did well with it last year. Um but yeah, no, there there is some existing tension there. This obviously did not help. But the bottom line is is that Aaron Rodgers is a is a is a professional. He's he's a solid dude. Um, he may make his displeasure uh, known, but he will he will show up and he'll do put in the work and he'll continue to play at the top level. Um, he just knows that his days in in Green Bay are numbered. Yeah, I'm calling it. He's somewhere else in 2021. Uh, it won't be that. It won't be that quickly. They're not going to move him at all. The, the, he he uh, he is signed for at least two more seasons, I think, and yeah. they'll they'll expect him to fulfill that that, oh, that contract. I, oh, I know that, but there's going to be a team that's going to offer the moon to trade for him. Dallas Cowboys. Well, sure. I mean, <laughs> you listen to those offers, but in my opinion, I think you stay with it and you keep keep uh, love learning from a Hall of Famer. I disagree. I think you got to burn the thing to the ground. Um, sell, sell off Rogers at a premium, sell off the rest of the thing. I mean, it, this is a colossal disaster in my opinion for the Packers. What possibly possessed them to, to make this move when you're one game away from the dang Super Bowl, one game away and they, yeah. they make this boneheaded move. They are. They really aren't that close, though. If you look at the situation, um, they got lucky on a few things. They were unreasonably healthy compared to everyone else somehow, which never happens. And and they, uh, you know, 
it, it looks like they're going to regress no matter what next year. The only inexcusable thing about this pick is that there was like five or six top-notch wide receivers still available, and that's like the number one thing they need because all they have is one wideout on that team. And why didn't you invest in that and then get a quarterback that's a project later on? But I, yeah, I understand. Anyway. I understand what you're saying about that. There's a couple of lucky breaks that went their way, but the fact the fact of the matter is, yes, they were they were close. They were in the final four, and even if let's say they didn't make it to that level, they'd be in the final eight. That's a heck of a lot closer than the 22 other teams in the NFL. I mean, I they're I, I consider them more in the Seattle Seahawks range where they're stepped down, but I don't think they're so bereft of talent that they can't can't go add players uh through the draft and through free agency which they failed to do um to make this a better team like you said all they were offensively all they were missing was one good receiver and defensively they're missing a couple players but i mean uh i saw other teams collecting those players and i don't know i I figure i figure you two are big on this if you're not going to be serious about it if you're going to go start drafting the replacement for aaron Rodgers, then blow up the dang team don't, don't don't try to half half backside it all the way to another uh, you know one and done in the playoffs. Uh, see, that's the thing though. The Packers have always been have always run they've always been run differently from the rest of the league. Yes, they're owned by me and Abraham and and, and millions of other people across the state the country, but they've always run like uh a more like a de- like a developmental uh organization than than other teams other teams they just go out they sign the players and and they put together like one draft or whatever and they do it and boom here's our team uh the the, the packers like to think three years ahead of time other teams and, do that. That, that's rare that's rare in the nfl it doesn't really work consistently but that's the way they've consistently done it and they've always built the team real slowly from within and over years and thinking years ahead of time, like a, like a, like a baseball team would with a, with a minor league development team. Uh, but it, it's not, it doesn't normally work out quite so well, but it they, you know, they've had some success with it. It does work. And the good teams do that. Your new England Patriots do that. The Steelers do that. Seahawks do that. Um, the teams that suck at it are your Cowboys. <laughs> well, no, the Cowboys show? suck. This, Jerry Jones will never draft any, any <laughs> defensive help at all. This whole, show, this whole show is going to be why the Cowboys suck, isn't it? <laughs> they, they just do, okay? It's Jerry Jones, period. That's the bottom line. All right. Well, uh, anyway. Real, real, wait, 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 wait. Real quick, I actually agree with Abraham about blowing up the team. It, it, it might as well start now. I mean, we talk about the love pick, and then uh, I was just thinking about their second-round pick you guys drafted a a running back from Boston College, again, a need that you guys don't need when you have two running backs that complement each other. I mean, that doesn't make no sense at all. So, I mean, I agree with you. It's time at least to on that oh, team out. Thank they you. saw a chance to get better in the future while still getting better as a regular roster now, and they took it. They completely and I don't think it's going to pan out as terrible as they, everyone's saying. They swung and they missed. They didn't address their defensive needs, which was what they were – completely lacking against the 49ers last year and this they're going to get run they're going to get run over this year they're looking at a big picture and i think in the long run this will pay off that's my position yeah after Aaron Rodgers is gone well, you gotta have, you gotta have someone to replace it a hall of fame quarterback at some point you gotta get a call a, a replacement at some point yeah it, 
you know, it, it's fine if that's the direction they want to go. But what I'm telling you, what I'm telling you is they were close. Um, the fans are going to turn on management. They're going to turn on the on the uh, uh, the head coach. There's going to be a lot of boos. Boo. Yeah, a lot of booing, a lot of booing. And that's what, <laughs> and I know that's going to hurt the feelings of the coaching staff and the management. They don't like to hear and the, the ownership and the ownership. Yeah. Uh, well, this owner is okay with it. Well, <laughs> when it comes time to, to vote, I'm putting my thumbs oh, I'm down. Voting. I'm putting my thumbs Bro. down. This. All right. voting, yeah. Let's vote on something else. <laughs> Let's vote on uh, an article that I saw. There is a uh, kind of a, they just kind of went through the NFL jerseys and listed the uh, top 32 in order. This was on The Athletic, and uh, I thought it was kind of interesting because it made, me, it made me think how vastly different uniforms in the different sports, uh, you, you know, how important they are to the, uh, to, to the different sports. I almost feel like the NFL adheres to some traditionalism um, in – in, in in instead of like the NCAA college football where uh, they're trying to they're trying to sell jerseys get them out the door I mean that's about ninety percent of the teams in college football um, the NFL the year in year out the ones that are typically the best rated are not the new ones they're the ones that adhere to the tradition for example the top top uh, top five were the Raiders the Bears. Uh, Chargers, Steelers, and Colts. Chargers are the only ones who have recently changed their jerseys. Um, and the bottom, yeah, here. Yeah. yeah, and the bottom five were the Cardinals, Buccaneers, Panthers, Bengals, and Falcons. Teams that typically, uh, that typically are constantly changing their uniforms, except for the except for the Buccaneers, who've had the same terrible uniform for twenty years. Um, <laughs> uh, they redid it this year too. Oh, they redid. They have it? new uniforms right now. Yeah. Okay. Maybe and they're they, terrible. They're terrible. They're really, really bad. <laughs> Um, but as I find that kind of fascinating, uh, don't you guys, that some sports, uh, major league baseball, um, there is a desire to hold on to the tradition of the older, older unis, whereas other sports, um, perhaps your bas- you know, NBA basketball, college football, it's, they're, they're just like, uh, just keep changing it. Fans are going to keep buying it. doesn't matter. Why don't you just come out and say what you're really thinking? Those those stupid stupid Oregon Ducks and their 47 different uniforms and how you it's hate not them. Ju- it's not just Oregon. I was watching a game uh, a couple of years <laughs> ago. It was Nebraska versus Michigan. I had no clue what team. I, I had no clue that those were the two teams playing. I had no clue because in my mind, Nebraska versus Michigan was you know the, the jersey set is from the 90s where Nebraska just wears red and white helmets. And Michigan wears the the blue and maize with the Michigan helmet. Well, it would be in that situation. It'd be white versus the blue. But yeah, it doesn't matter, does it? I mean, for the sake of for the sake no. of conversation, I'm talking but about. But it, it would, it would, is, yeah, it would be I easily identifiable. Yeah, yes. I didn't identify what the what the heck I was watching. Um, but I mean, it 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 does something to the brand, though, doesn't it? When when you decide. We're gonna we're gonna focus on the brand over making money, right? Okay, nobody um, nobody has a strong opinion yeah, about this at no, all. No, okay, it, yeah. it, it, <laughs> it, it does. It does. It it, it it's um well, I mean, it, with the NFL, it's a it's a money grab when they when they when they when they change the uniforms. Really, only I think it's the, only half the teams do that though. 
Well, I guess you could say the color rush is is kind of a money grab. There's a color rush, and then and then you know there's teams that uh that will will make changes, but it's like the tiniest little change. Like, oh, we're gonna add a like a little like you know triangle at the bottom of this stripe, you know, or whatever this year, and it looks totally different. And now you have to buy a new jersey, you know, and it's it's some of it's a little ridiculous. Um, but I I, <clears throat> I don't agree with one of those teams on the five best that you named. Which one? Uh, the Raiders. I've never liked their jerseys. I don't know why. I just. Yeah, I guess it's iconic, and I, I, I kind of respect it, but Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know what to say about just a black shirt. <laughs> That's kind of what <laughs> It's kind of all that really uh, is, isn't it? Um, uh, but, the Chargers are, the new ones with the Chargers are really, really cool. I really like them. The Bears are just a classic. They have not changed yeah. in 60 years, and that's, you know, it, it, they don't need to. They're, they're that kind of, it's not, it's not black, it's like a really, really, really dark blue. Really, really, really dark. And then they've got the, they've got just the right splash of orange. Just enough, you know, to highlight it. They don't so, they don't go overboard. They, so, they they do it tastefully. So what is it? Why 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 are some sports it's completely it's completely okay uh to you know have any color any color jerseys, any different sets of you know, fancy uh you know, flashy accoutrements and other sports. Let me rephrase that. Not sports. Why are some brands it's okay and other brands it's not okay? Because I just thought about what? it. Um, if you if you talk about if you talk about the uh, the Bengals, they're always changing their uniforms to something ridiculous. So uh, that's why they're always losing. <laughs> oh, Raiders always lose too. I I think it has to do with the 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 audience the viewing the 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 fan base um you know like like you you know you're changing you're talking about you're talking about college football and the changing and i mentioned oregon obviously and the changing ross the changing jerseys constantly like that that appeals to the younger you know 18 year olds who are they're recruiting for and and the people who are the mostly you know 18 to 24 or whatever who are college age who are going to college that appeals to them baseball is all about tradition they don't change a damn thing without thinking about 14 different levels of what can how how is it going to change things and how is it going to change will it impact records and will it impact this and you know will it will it disturb the you know the the, the fan base about this and so they don't change there it's i think it has to do with the fan base really you know and and the style and the sport that's being played I, nfl I is always changing so it's okay that they're changing some of these Ross, some of these jerseys i think I, always, like, I think I like what you better said game. better about the fan base because even within a sport a fan base can make a difference too um because i yeah i don't see i, I don't see the yankees ever doing anything with their uniforms but it seems like the diamondbacks yeah. are always doing something yeah but they're a newer team they don't have the tradition like maybe, if they were as old as the right Yankees, yeah. they would they would have been locked in at something a long time ago, and they would have stayed. But because they're brand new, the Mariners have changed 400 times in the past, you know, 40 years as well. So, um, yeah, it's it, it's the fan base, really. And, you know, the NFL, I mean, it's a completely different game than it was 
20, 30 years ago. You know, it's all pass all the time now. You can't, you can't touch a wide receiver. We can't look at a wide receiver or the quarterback, and you get a flag. So it's it's a constantly evolving sport. So changing the uh, the jerseys is not as offensive, I guess. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know because if you look at if you look at NBA basketball, that's a different sport now than it used to be. But I I, th- I go back. I think you're t- I think you're spot on about once again the fan base because the fans in basketball skew young, kind of like uh, college football. Um, college football, you have a whole new set of fans every four years, basically, uh, or at least you yeah. add you add a whole new set of fans every four years. Um, um, well, and part of it, part of it, college football is also you're appealing to the to the kids to come play. That's why Oregon started doing it. It's because the, the 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 fast the flashy jerseys, you know, they change you each say, time. You say There's that. There's a way to bring you attention. Say that, but I mean, like, it's also it's also selling. It's cool to a 19 year old. It's okay? also it's selling the jerseys. It's a money thing. Well, it is. It, it's, but it's, it's also it, very cool to a 19 year old. No, you know? but I mean, yeah. the, you take a look at it from the perspective of all sports. It's all about selling new jerseys, isn't it? I mean, it, it's it's not always, but not always. It's there's history with all these teams. I mean, I mean, let me rephrase. I used to first start off with the fan base. Well, Matt was saying about the fan base. There are a lot of newer Matt teams. Matt says he hates and, the fans. Matt never liked well, the fans. I, okay. <laughs> That's what I heard. Well, no, we're, we're talking. You're talking to a guy, Mr. Soulman here, who probably has a Dustin Pedroia jersey that he bought when he Dustin Pedroia was like second year rookie year. And, it, <laughs> and the thing is, that jersey hasn't changed. Like, if Pedroia were to actually somehow get on the field, and he's crippled at this point, and unfortunately, I think his career is really over. Yeah. But if he were to somehow get on the field tomorrow, he'd be wearing the same jersey that's in the Soulman's closet right now. You know, and. And, and that's, the, that's because the fan base doesn't want that change. Well, yeah, understood. But some teams are willing to forego that ex, those ex, that extra, you know, cash. And that's, that's the yeah. initial reason why I brought this up is I'm curious. Why do some teams value the brand over the cash? Well, there's some teams like the Buccaneers who went away from the Buccaneer logo a long time ago and have since never had a good, a good Jersey since, and they've never won really anything since. And they, and, and that's why, and they need to go back to the Buccaneer logo. Why? They never won anything when they had the Buccaneer logo. That's sissy, yeah, but at least they look good. That's sissy pirate. They never won. won them anything, but they, at least they, at least they look good. What, what logo did they have <laughs> when they won the Super Bowl with Gruden as coach? Or did they not? Oh, have the logo it, was the new it was the new one. Who cares? So oh, like, a new one. Okay. So, like, you were going to give your thoughts before Matt so rudely yeah, lambasted right. the fans. <laughs> now I'm all over the place again. First of all, let's go back to the co- go back to the college thing. I think it's stupid for kids. To, I know they want to look cool in their jerseys, but they're not going to go to Oregon for the stupid jerseys. They're going to go there because they have the money for the program, and they're always competing to win, and they're always seem to be. I agree. In the top top three in every year in all sports. Um, what brought them? What got their attention to begin with? The winning, Matt. The winning. It's the winning. But I, who, I who were the kids that made the winning? Jerseys happen? don't make I, you win, Matt. No, I it, it, I call bullsh bullsh. Anyway, you know what? I do too. Um, I do too. Move on from that point because Matt's not gonna see see the comments. No, Move that, on. That article. 
the article in the athletic, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I don't care what these, these teams wear in for uniforms, <laughs> but I did read, read into it more carefully. I do hope I they wear something. With... <laughs> I hope they're not just out there naked. But football is where the, the fans are going to buy the team jerseys, no matter how ugly it is, in my opinion. But, I mean, you look at the top five, Raiders, Bears, you got the Steelers. I'm, I could care less about the Chargers or the Colts, but – Raiders, Raiders, the Bears, Steelers have had history for the past 50, 60 years, 50, whatever, how many years NFL has been going on. Yeah. Even before the, even before the NFL, the AFC NFC rivalry started. Yeah. They've been around forever. I'm in fact, I mean, black's a stupid color, but the Raiders are, they got the fan base. Every, everybody's led them for years. I granted their team is sucked recently, but the cut the whole country it's not a bad thing for me to say in my opinion but the whole country of mexico they love the raiders because that that's they all come into california that's been their favorite team i've worked with the hispanic community for 20 years in the restroom business they all love the raiders they they could care less about the seahawks they care less about any wherever they move to it's just that's the color and that's the team that they grew up with just like the seattle seahawks i even if the team sucked for years, the Seattle Seahawks are a team where I'm going to live and die by their color. I mean, I hate the fact that they use alternate uniforms every once in a while, like the stupid green ones. Just stick with what got them to the NFL. Why? I know it's all about sales, but like you said, the fan base, they're going to buy the uniforms of their home teams. Every sport is different too, like you said, but I mean, uh, there was a huge this, resistance. This topic kind of infuriates me now when I think about it. <laughs> uh, can I make can I make one point? Uh, the article, I think the I think the Seahawks were like seventh or eighth. I forget. There, yeah. They were they were in the top ten. And um, the the, the uh, I, I want to make the point or uh, uh, draw attention to the fact that they they complemented the gray uniforms, and I hate the gray uniforms. I don't know why they complimented them. They think they look good, and I was like, no, 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 no. They look like we didn't wash our clothes. That's exactly. <laughs> good point. Um, Somebody actually, left some dirty socks in the in the washer or something, and it bled. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the current Seahawks uniform is better than the Matt Hasselbeck era uniforms, and there is a huge resistance to going to those. I don't even know what color blue that is, um, but it, it it really annoys me. I agree with you, Solak. You had an iconic jersey, and they went for the money, you know, in, uh, what was it, 2002 or something like that, uh, when, yep. they, when they changed it to the, uh, to the Matt Hasselbeck era jerseys. And I don't know. I, I don't know too many people that really love those thought those were interesting. They kind of look like just a, uh, just a muted blue that didn't stand out or say anything. And yeah, I'm not a super big fan of the newest jerseys we have, but you know, it's better. It's better than those were. Uh, and the color rush, you can just, uh, just shove those. Uh, that's obviously <laughs> such a money grab. And I, I don't know. I just, it, it irritates the heck out of me. I do love, the teams that they listed on here, the Raiders, the bears, the Chargers, Steelers, Colts. And I do admire that they haven't, that they haven't changed. Those are, those are classic uniforms. Yeah. I mean, I love them. I, 
I may hate the Raiders jerseys, but it is iconic. You you, you see it and you know who you're playing. You know. Yep. It's like I hate I hate seeing the Yankees jerseys because I hate the Yankees, but <laughs> you know the pinstripes will always always be there. You know, it, it's distinctive. It is what it is. It's their brand, like you said. When are the Mariners exactly. going back to their powder blue? <laughs> Uh, the Mariners, I, is that a topic? Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> this year, yeah, this year they're that they're they're not very relevant. So, uh, no. Anyway, they haven't been relevant in how many years now? Seventeen. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about more football. Uh, let's talk about okay. KJ, Wright. <laughs> KJ Wright. The big news this week is that they're considering moving KJ Wright over to the strong side so that they can put youth like Cody Barton or Jordan Brooks on the weak side. Is this a good or bad idea? I'll, I'll go first. And I mean, it, if it's going to improve the team and I mean, but we all knew Cody Barton had a chance to start this year with Kendricks being gone, but then they went and drafted this Jordan Brooks kid who just can't stop saying, Oh, how fast he is. But <laughs> If it's going to create competition, I mean, KJ can play any position on that field for all I care. But the guy's still got a few good years left in him. So, I mean, it's a, right now it's currently a good idea on paper, in my opinion. Why not? Um, I, I agree um, on, on paper. Yeah, like you said, uh, weak side is the one that tends to drop back into coverage more than strong side, right? Yeah, so... Um, using that speed, um, Barton is better in coverage, um, than, uh, you know, right, right is, right is good all over. Like you're saying, I, I like him. I don't know why we'd ever consider getting rid of him other than he costs too much. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's a good idea. I'm on board. I, I really don't understand why we would put Brooks in a position, position to fail. Uh, all the, all the scouting reports that I read on this guy is that he cannot cover in zone defense and the weak side linebacker needs to cover in zone defense. And it's just, it's utterly baffling to me why we would do this. Um, well, it wouldn't be Brooks. Brooks is going to be benched most of the year. You know that. I don't know that. That's not what, that's not what Pete Carroll says. Pete Carroll says he's going to, he's going to battle to be a starter. Don't you believe Pete Carroll, Matt? No, I don't. Okay, me neither. Um, so, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway uh, it, let's just say that that's the case. Let's say uh, he's put in that position. That's a position to fail. Um, I don't think we would have drafted him if we didn't think that he could overtake Cody Barton. So, uh, the, uh, or at least, you know, with the thought of, uh, like you said, Matt, getting rid of KJ Wright. So I, I don't know. I, I all, all I care about is they stop doing this three linebacker set on third and long. Uh, or second yeah. and long, like my God, will you please put in a defensive back? We don't need three yeah, linebackers keep out there. Beat. Keep getting beat. Wazoo Other Cougar. tight end. Wazoo Cougar. Anthony Gordon is now your backup for your Seattle Seahawks. Should we go get Cam Newton or some other veteran to unseat this feisty young rookie? I'll let the Cougar answer first. Uh, yes, we should go get a backup quarterback. I mean, too late, Brandy Dalton, obviously, but uh, we, we, there's there's a lot of people out there who would be willing to come play, play backup quarterback on a winning team and backup Russell Wilson and would make two to three million a year. I mean, Cody, there's a few names out there. I mean, like 
like we discussed before, once Wilson goes down, we're going to suck either way. But you got Cody Kessler out there from UFC quarterback. Matt Moore's a veteran. Joe Flacco, Blake Bortles. I mean, Anthony Gordon's not ready to be a backup quarterback in this league. I mean, maybe down the road he'll be a career backup if he gets the right, you know, tutelage or whatever the word is. But they need to make something happen. Uh, I absolutely agree. Um, I, I, I would, Cam Newton wouldn't even be on my remote list. It doesn't matter how much he's willing to work for. If he's willing to work for a minimum wage, I, I still wouldn't even talk to him. Uh, he's not, what the reality is, if Russell goes down, our, our, our season's over. If he goes down long-term, if he misses one game or whatever, that's fine. But we can recover from that. But if he misses more than more than a few games, we are we're done. And so the backup quarterback really should be a source of veteran input, uh, someone with some some knowledge, uh, maybe a Josh McCown uh, kind of guy, or uh, like I like I like the idea of a Joe Flacco or um, Blake Bortles wouldn't be too bad of an idea in my mind. I, I like the guy, um, and he can kind of play similar. Um, offense, which would help our defense a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, you definitely definitely go out there and, and, and get a, get another one. I, Anthony Gordon is not what we need. Yeah, agreed. Got to go get a veteran. I don't think Cam Newton is the idea. Um, I'm kind of envisioning they just bring back Geno Smith because they know who he is. Um, I don't know, maybe BJ Daniel? I don't know. Hey guys, so I noticed that the Seahawks did not draft any DBs. Um, is it wise to give Marquise Blair and Hugo Amadi a free pass this offseason? Uh, I know they didn't draft any DBs, but they got uh, Quinton Dunbar in the trade with Washington. So that, in my opinion, that's considered that you a draft pick for her. So they did go out and get a quality starter there. So it doesn't give them a free pass. I mean, and they're going to bring in, hopefully they can bring in enough talent to compete to make these guys better at their positions. So, I mean, Marquise Blair, I I like that kid. I've been reading things online. I don't understand all the defensive concepts, but reading something where they may consider using him as like a slot corner. I don't know. Is that a possibility? I mean, I don't know. Has he played that, that before? I mean, if they, if they teach him, I mean, the guy's a football player. Why is that? I know some positions are harder to pick up than others, but just any way to get Blair on the field it would would be nice to see. Just my two cents. I'm over Amadi. I'm not – I liked Amadi last year coming out, starting the season, and I'll admit that, but I, I don't, I'm not sure about him long-term. Well, Amadi adds a uh, dimension on special teams, which is very useful. He's, he was a really good gunner uh, later on in the season as well. Um, but there are a couple. We we also signed – there are three guys we uh, were undrafted free agents. We signed a safety out of Baylor and um, uh, a corner out of Oklahoma State and then another corner out of Stony Brook. And the word on the safety from Baylor uh, um, is that he might be like a nickelback kind of kind of player. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, it, 
the one, like I, I keep saying, the one position that that Pete Carroll has shown he can develop players in consistently is is the defensive back positions, and uh, and he knows it, and and you know, maybe he he likes what he has. Well, I'm glad that they got these undrafted free agencies UFAs because I I don't know I didn't see enough out of the nickelback position last year, uh, you know, with Akeem King and Ugo Mati and host of others that that filled in there. Um, and you know, I, I was hoping that in the draft we'd get somebody, but you know, um, I wonder if Trey flowers is recoverable as a NFL player. Maybe he can push Blair and Amadi for that, for that nickelback position or dime back. Um, all I know is there's gotta be a little bit more, more, uh, push pushing for playtime on that, in that spot. All right, guys. Uh, last one, last question on the NFL here. I saw where Leonard Fournette is being brought up again and again and again, almost as if I got a text message every day from one Brian Solak <laughs> that there's a new rumor <laughs> that Leonard Fournette is coming to the Seahawks. Guys, is he really coming to the Seahawks? No. Why? What do you mean, why? 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 Why, is why do you think that? Why? I think is the question. There won't. Yeah. There won't be. A, there won't be a deal struck. That's why I think that. Um, no, I, 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 I don't think we need him and I don't think it would be worth the cost to get him. And, you know, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't see it. I'm sorry. I, I just, it's not worth the cost at this point. Yeah. If we can get, he's in the last year of his deal cause they didn't offer him a fifth or the fifth year. But if, if we could get him for a fourth or fifth round pick, I'm willing to take that risk. I mean, I know he's got his injury injuries, but so does Chris Carson. So does Penny. I mean, we haven't had a steady franchise running back. I don't, I'm not saying Fournette will be, but why not give him a chance to battle out with Carson and see if one of them can and, you know, resign him after the year. But we had our chances to get possible franchise bat running back from the second round, third round, and we screwed up the Seahawks. Yeah, in my... So you're saying you don't like the dude from Miami? Uh, he's not a franchise, he's not a franchise back. Franchise no, he's gonna. Back. No, well, we don't. The thing is, is there's no the, in the run in the NFL today. There's like three franchise running backs. That's it. Okay, and we play a different game, and and we need to realize that our offense needs to evolve, and realize that uh, Russell Wilson is going to lose a step. It's going to happen. He's going to lose a step here very shortly, and he's not going to be able to do those amazing you know dodge out of tackles you know, like he does. And we're going to have to develop the passing game even more. Well, I and think, so I think what, gonna... Solak's, what Solak's argument is, is that Fournette so, is a franchise running back. I don't think he is. Okay. So that, I'm sorry. But I'm, but I'm telling you, I think that's, I'm not, don't mean to speak for that, Brian, but I think that's your argument. No, I agree. No, you're I, correct. I that's what I feel. I understand that, but I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I don't think that you really need it. I think with, we've invested with it. We've invested heavily in tight ends. Obviously, we signed like forty-seven of them, and we 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 we've you know we've got a good receiver core, um, I, I think, and we've got a, a great arm on our quarterback, and and you know some blockers, and we we got some some enough line backer running backs to put together a committee that will get us through adequate. I don't think we really need a franchise back. Here's my thought on it's nice to have, but it's a luxury in today's league. Here's my thought on Fournette and. I, I think I think this is going to irritate a lot of Seahawks fans, but he is better than any running back we have on the roster. 
Uh, right. Yep. I would agree. Fournette's a 1,000 1, yard runner and had, uh, I forget what it was, 70 or 80 catches last season. He's just a better all around running back. Um, so, with that said, I think I might agree with with Matt. I think I'd rather look for a handful of guys rather than one guy. Um, that way, if the one guy gets injured, it doesn't hamstring the entire team. I, I I think that Jacksonville really shot themselves in the foot. Why would you Why would you announce you're going to trade this guy and not pick up his fifth year option? Because whoever trades for him, who wants a running back for just one year? Eh, you know, like <laughs> uh, maybe a team like uh, 49ers, you know, or, you know, somebody that's like just needs one extra player. But I mean, if you're trying to build a franchise, if you're looking for something long-term, you got to have at least two years on that, on that contract. Don't you? Oh, I agree with your points. I agree with Matt's points, but if, if the opportunity rises where we can send a fourth or fifth round pick, depending on if what, if Jacksonville wants to pay any of the salary or whatever BS, we should take a shot at him and let him and Carson ballot out for the, who, who we're going to sign long-term after the season. That's just my two cents. All right. Cause cool. last year was it last year was a doo-doo show. Once those two running backs went down, yeah, it was. I granted Marsha, Marshawn had four touchdowns, big freaking deal. We didn't make it all the way to the playoffs and yeah. he still averaged one yard to carry. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was a shell of his former self. Um, and, and, you know, from the Jaguars' perspective, I would absolutely push to make a deal of any kind. I'd get rid of him off my team because you're going to be rebuilding and do it. Um, and um, also because they signed uh, the undrafted free agent running back that I really wanted the Seahawks to draft. James Robinson out of the Illinois State. All right, cool. Um, let's move on to NBA action. It's fantastic. What are your guys' thoughts on <laughs> Michael Jordan and that documentary that came out uh, on ESPN? I, I, have admit, I haven't watched ahead. it. I have to admit I haven't watched it, so I, I will step back. I what's I think it's ten parts, but the first four. I mean, I think more, there's going to be more good material co- coming forward, but it, it's been interesting to watch. Just, I mean. Seeing the relationship between Rodman and Jordan, between Rodman and Phil Jackson, I didn't know realize how buddy buddy they were. Um, I know this is just little minutia details, but seeing Michael Jordan, every other word out of his mouth is a is a curse word. It's kind of shocking, but kind of entertaining as well. I mean, who would have thought I would heard that out of his mouth growing up? Um, it just. Rodman always thought of himself as, I mean, he, Rodman, when when uh, Scottie Pippen sat out most of the 98 season, Rodman and Jordan became closer buddy buddies. And then once Scottie Pippen decided to come back to play, Rodman went south again. And because he, he's like, Scottie's, Rodman, Rodman's felt like a third wheel when Scottie Pippen came back into that play. And they saw it. I think it was they saw it in his play on and off the court. I mean, then to where Phil Jackson that year let him t- take a mini vacation in the middle of the season just to clear his head. I, I totally forgot about that, but he went to Las Vegas and uh, it's it just it's just interesting. I mean, 
how they're going. It's they're focus, they focus on the 90, 1998 season, the last season for Phil Jackson, and I believe Jordan there, and but they do flashbacks and. I, I'm entertained. I mean, I, I can't stand the NBA just because our Sonics are gone, but I, who was not a Michael Jordan fan growing up? It, I was not. So I have not been watching it. No. no, I have not been watching okay. it. I'm not a fan of his. I think he's potentially uh, one of the more reprehensible human beings in the NBA. And uh, wow. from what I've from what I've read about this documentary, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the documentary was uh, every – every bit of the documentary comes from files that he owns and had to give sign off or waivers to. And he's only allowed things that make himself look positive in a positive light, uh, rather than anything, uh, uh, you know, that might impugn his personal character or, uh, you know, view. He is the greatest player I've ever seen. He is the greatest player of the 1990s. Uh, there might be other great greatest players of all time, uh, you know, from the eighties and seventies and sixties, that I never saw. Um, LeBron James is right up there, but I, I don't know. I, I, I don't like the guy. I don't think he's, I don't think he's worthy of being, I, I die, uh, an idol to, to millions. I, I, I find the documentary gross and the fact that it's not a Ken Burnsian type of documentary where it looks at things through a multiple lens and rather it's just kind of like showing him as showing him as a God. I, I, I can't handle it. I, I agree with what you're saying, but there are parts where it makes, in my opinion, from watching it, it makes Jordan look like a dick. I mean, he's not an idol, at least not in my eyes. I know a lot of a lot of the kids' eyes that he is, but it, it just uh, the little stories it has, their, their feud with the Detroit Pistons over the years. I mean, Jordan didn't like, didn't make him look like God coming out of it. I mean, he, he had some... Long story short, they're showing the cheap shots, blah, 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 and how Detroit learned how to play Jordan. And Jordan, he didn't look like a wussy out there in the court. I mean, he he understood, and I, I don't know. I just I, – I, it's good material to watch on TV right now, and I, I agree with what you're saying. I've heard you're not the only one that I've, I know that has said the, the opinion about it, but – to me, it's good TV, and I'm looking forward to the next six episodes just I, to see what happens. I don't discount that it's good TV. I think it's it's bad documentarianism, and that's that's something as a person who really likes to watch documentaries. Uh, it just yeah, it, it really it really irritates me when something is uh, focused in a you know focused in a you know uh, idea idealized you know manner of, of a particular person, even even if it's you know. Even if it's for, <laughs> you know, even if it's for something that uh, uh, that's trying to sell something. In fact, that's what I kind of feel like this is. This is trying to sell me on something because that's what Jordan's all always ever been about is selling things to make money. And uh, I don't know. I I, I I I I want no part of it, and I get tired of listening to people talk about it. And the only re- and thus I have to bring it up on this show that we can talk about it. So I'm part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I, I'm 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 hoping the rest of the story makes him turn into uh, look like a better person. I, like I said, you make some good points, and and I, I I hope it'll you know like I said reflect make a better reflection on people like you. And I know you're not going to watch, but 
I just know that there's more good to I, I feel like there's more good to Michael Jordan than what we were growing up with anyway. So I hope you're we'll right. See what happens. I hope you're right, but if if uh if what I've read is true, which I assume it is because it's multiple parties, multiple articles that I've read that state this, but he, he gets to approve any content that goes in and that you know, uh it turns it more into an autobiography than it does a any kind of documentary. Good point. Good point. Well, anyway, I am done. Matt, Matt, you're going to continue to abstain from an opinion on this, something that you know you've never seen. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen. I haven't seen it. I do remember growing up and watching when they won like what six world championships in the span of four years or something ridiculous. They six were championships you know, the best in four years. Ever. Huh? Yeah, they were that good. <laughs> um, but you know, I was I was I was a little young and I wasn't really into basketball. So I, I didn't. I didn't really watch or follow. I do remember briefly his foray into uh, into call, into uh, minor league baseball, and uh, he was terrible there. Um, but uh, that's all I remember. I, don't, I honestly, I haven't watched it, and uh, so I don't have anything else to say. All right, uh, and you don't yeah. and you don't care to watch it, or you just is that just? It doesn't really interest me, to be honest. I'm not a I'm not a basketball a huge basketball fan in in general. Um, yeah, it just doesn't interest me. But and I, if it's as one-sided as you're saying, where he has to approve <laughs> stuff, then I really don't want to see it. But uh, we do want to continue to look at the NBA here, and uh, I, especially since they're making news this week, is they want to do bubble league where they play all their games over the, uh, all the re- remaining games uh, from this last season during the summer in Orlando. Wouldn't have any fans. Uh, is this a good idea? Bad idea? What do you guys think? I'll go first. If, if that's what they want to do, just get it over with. I don't know how far in the season they were for 2019, 2020, but hell, it's it's Florida. They do whatever they want. Um, you got the WWE. You got the WWE. I, every Monday night and every Friday night, they've been doing their their weekly performances and at the wherever the, performance the place center. that they train yeah. at. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And they. So if the NBA wants to do that, and they're, I guess, let, let them do it. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to be watching either way. So I, I can't stand it. Like I said earlier, I can't stand the NBA just because our Sonics are gone. But, but is it a good idea? something that. But is it a good idea or a bad idea to do this? Should they just cancel uh, I mean, the season or should they try to get in every last thing they can? Uh, cancel the season. Just get it over. But, but. If it's something they really want to do, I mean, let them do it, I guess. I mean, I guess I'm on the fence. It's just, it, just just call this, call it a freaking year. Let it, let it be over with. Uh, okay. I, I think it's a bad idea because uh, Florida is going to be buried under new cases of uh, the pandemic uh, here pretty shortly because they've reopened and they're still on the upward climb. Uh, and and they're reopening the state, and it's just the summer is going to be bad. The summer's going to be very bad, and uh, I think some players are going to get sick again, and they're going to have to cancel it halfway through. So I, I really, I think I think they should just call it a year, like like uh, Select said. I don't think it's the players that I'm actually concerned about. Uh, I would have to I'd have to look more at That's coaches and trainers. The, a lot of the coaches well, and trainers will, are in their sixties. You know. Yeah, they will get they will get. Well, they'll get a yeah, but that's the thing. They'll get a player sick too, and then 
once a player is sick, they'll have to call it. Well, once a player gets sick, that's, that's when people are going to complain. But the problem is the players are the healthiest human beings on earth. And, and I'd be, and again, I'm more concerned about the guy who's holding the camera, you know, the guy who, no, I, I agree. Know, yeah. I agree. They, they, they'd be in danger as well, but I'm saying like, what will happen is they is halfway through. They'll be, they'll, uh, you know, a star player will get it and then they'll have to basically say, okay, yeah, we pushed this too far. They'll probably have to, they'll probably, yeah, along the way they, they'll, they will put all those people you're talking about at risk and it's not worth it. You, you guys saw so where, you guys saw where the NHL basically can't do this, right? Because Trudeau is, uh, quarantine Canada, so he's already told the yeah. NHL no. City of Toronto, City of Toronto has a ban on all uh, events uh, well, that might impact baseball too. Well, Trudeau's not even allowing players, uh, NHL players, Canadians, uh, to go. So it's like you, uh, no, you okay. don't get, you don't get to go to, like, let's say you play your full season in uh, Georgia, Florida, wherever. He's like, no. And since most players are Canadian, <laughs> you don't have a league. True. Yeah. Um, that is, that, that's a good point. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's not worth it at this point. Um, yeah, I agree with you too. I, call it. I agree with both of you. I mean, it's, I think you run into another issue too, where okay, you're endangering all these people. Um, you're also endangering your next season. You're playing a lot of games and you're going to go play your championship and it's going to buttress up against the next season. And I don't know if I'm a, if I'm a player, I go to my players union and say, no, you guys gotta, you guys gotta shut this down. Cause like, I don't want to play 50 games plus playoffs plus championship and then start the season the next week. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's sit for two yeah. weeks. And then, yeah, now I've got to start all fresh. No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm with you. On that. What do you guys think about this? Uh, this uh, recruitment of high school kids to its G league. Uh, there was a, uh, G League, by the way, being their the NBA's minor league. Uh, in the past, they've kind of used the G League to store away players that were not drafted. But uh, as of this last week, they, they went and got a guy named Jalen Green uh, to skip his college season, uh, or skip going to college, I mean, uh, and sign for a six-figure contract in the G League. They'll then draft, they'll then draft him uh, uh, directly out of that league. What do you guys think? Will that kill the NCAA? Yes. Yes. Hundred percent. That's it's huge. This is yeah. this is this is a big deal. This is a very very big deal. Um, I like that Memphis Memphis coach and and former uh, player uh, Penny Hardaway is is uh, calling for NCAA to investigate because it's it's almost tampering. Well, the, no, the, the kids didn't have an, a sign with you, and you don't have first dibs. But if they don't, if you don't enter the NCAA, then there's nothing the NCAA can do. <laughs> yeah, you don't have jurisdiction uh, over this guy. Were you going to say something? Yeah. So, but it, it's I don't see how they can get away with it. You got the deal with the NCAA, then so so that this kid can go play one year in, the, in their minor league ball, then he's going to be automatically in the next next summer's NBA draft. Correct. Yes. I, I think then get rid of the stupid rule going to college. Uh, well, the, Might as well go back to the old go go back to the old days and draft it out of high school and then go right into the NBA or well, the, or not. But. The, to be uh, to to be accurate, uh, there was never a rule that you had to go to college. The rule was you had to be one year removed from high school. College is, is this 
Sorry, is Jalen Green one year removed from high school? No, that's why no. he spent a year with in the uh, G League. Uh, I, fulfill, I think that's, to fulfill that requirement. Everybody's going to be doing that. Then why go to college if you? That's that's the thing. Um, so now you can go and get you know say you get three hundred grand from the G League to go play for a year. You go play for a minor league basketball team, uh, an NBA affiliated team who will put you in touch with NBA trainers, NBA nutritionists, NBA weight conditioning coaches, and so forth, will teach you the way that the NBA wants you to play, and will get you fit and ready for the draft, and then you show up for the draft, and, and you get drafted, and you go right on into the, the NBA. It's, you, make, you make the money right away. You don't have the NCAA sanctions hanging over your head where you can't make money and you can't sign on endorsement deals or whatever. You can sign whatever the hell you want when you were in the G League, and so you can, so there's some of these players are out of very poor areas and want to, you know, give something back to their, their families and they don't have to sit for a year. And, and that brings the other thing where, um, a lot of these players were faking it and going to, going to college or, you know, going to classes for a semester and then not really paying attention to school anymore and getting through the, through the, uh, the basketball season and then bailing and going to the NBA. Former UW, former UW star Spencer Hawes did exactly that. I, I have some friends that went to UW during the same time he did and uh-huh. told me that he never attended class. He would show up every once yeah. in a while. Went for, and one, there are went schools for one quarter. That do that. Yeah. yeah, there are schools that will, will have been caught doing that. Well, they're, well, they're, well, they'll give the test to the player ahead of time or they'll, they'll cover and just give him a C so then that way he's still academically eligible and then he goes and he plays for their basketball team. And the thing is, is the reason why this is happening is NBA owns the G League, right? So if they if they get all the best prospects, and they move in, they move in and make their own little uh, playoffs, or I don't know, call it a bracket of some kind, <laughs> around the same time that maybe March Madness would have been happening, they will kill March Madness, which will kill athletic programs across the country. So. I am all for this and I am okay with, I'm okay with college basketball moving to moving to a system where we get rid of those people that are one and done. And if that means the top, I don't know, let's say the top 60 players don't go into college basketball. I, as a college basketball fan will still go see college basketball. Um, for those of you out there that don't know, we cover Seattle, uh, Seattle university basketball. I'm still going to go. And none of those guys are ever going to go to the NBA and that's fine with me. I do not mind it. I, it's, it's the reason why I don't mind major league baseball. Um, major league baseball. They, they just draft 16 year olds, right? 18 year olds. They don't care. And is college baseball a household thing? No, but I don't care. And, but we, we go watch it. We, we also cover Seattle U baseball. And so it, it, I, I'm okay. If it kills the final four, it doesn't bother me. If it kills it from a gambling perspective, it'll be much more of a pure athletic and school pride thing. And I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. But you're, you're missing something. There are entire schools where their entire athletic budget mm-hmm. is provided by either the college football program or the college basketball program. Like Gonzaga. Gonzaga wouldn't have baseball because they wouldn't be able to afford it because their basketball team brings in all the revenue. So 
if I might quote Captain Kirk from Star Trek Six as he talks to Spock about saving the Klingons, and Captain Kirk says, "Let them die," and I'm okay <laughs> with it. I'm okay with it. I I, I want to see words him. that were later used against him. So uh, <laughs> your words might be used against you. That so is true. Just fair warning. That is true. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, the Kittimer Accords got you know got passed through thanks to Worf's father. But this is not a Star Trek: The Next Generation podcast this is a sports podcast and uh, that wasn't uh, the next generation but yeah okay moving on no no Worf's dad Worf's dad was there in star trek six anyway moving on anyway okay anyway, <laughs> uh no no i'm okay with it if if gonzaga does not make the 50 million a year and only makes the three million a year and you know i i understand it it funds the other sports but i I like the events. I like college sports because there's some sort of local pride or school pride to it. I don't like it for this, this dude that they got from Gonzaga does this all the time. This dude that they got from like Canada or from, you know, Europe, that's just here to, you know, to wait until he gets into the NBA. I mean, it, it, no, I, I understand that, but I'm saying financially they won't be able to run these programs. Oh, they'll be able to run their basketball because program. they won't they won't make any money because they because they won't make any money because there's the media deals and all the all the money that they would make from the fan has the final four would 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 die out because everyone would be buying and are watching the G League instead. Oh no, they'll be able to run their sports. I mean, Gonzaga had been running their sports for eighty years before this. They just won't be at the won't be at the level or the level of comfort that they have right now. Maybe they might have to cut some. They might have to cut some sports. Like I say, you know, they might have to cut crew and tennis and golf or something like that. As you know, some of the smaller sports, they might have to cut them. This, there, there will be financial repercussions across the country. You know, schools like the only hear about in the in the final, you know, in, in March, like Marquette and Creighton and I don't know, you know, and Gonzaga and and you know all those schools. I mean, what's going to happen to their programs? Oh, I think those they're, they're tiny little schools. I think those and schools that's huge money that bring that comes in for them. Yeah, but those those schools, I argue the the exact opposite that they're going to be even more competitive against the monster schools like your Dukes and your North North Carolinas, who will be you know their entire programs will be flipped on their heads. Uh, you know, it, I think there'll be more. I think there'll be more. Uh, 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 you know, parity within within that sport. What do you? How do you feel, Mr. Solomon? I, uh, like I said earlier, I hate the idea of the stupid minor league and letting the kids go there. But I guess I'll agree with Abe once again. <laughs> oh, against man. his will, against his will, against my will, <laughs> and better if, judgment. If they get rid of the one, the one and done bull crap and make the kids actually go to college, and I'm okay with watching college basketball, and even if. I mean, but let these stud high school kids go to go play in the minor leagues and ruin their future by not making it to the NBA. That's their own stupid choice. Uh, I, I'm fine with it. Then, like, if they get rid of that, make the kids go to college for four years. This is the one thing we. Well, would they be ruining? Would they be ruining their lives? They go. They go to G League for a year, make up make three hundred grand, and they then then what? Then they don't make the NBA. They have three hundred grand. They wouldn't have made that three hundred grand if they'd gone to. Duke and and then not been drafted there either, you know. Well, 
Yeah, they could be back. Go back in the days when you were just a tiny youngster when all these eighteen-year-olds came out and they they were drafted and and they got their two hundred thousand dollar contract and within two to three years their career was shot put and they were in, into drugs or whatever. They make crappy investments. It's just if that's the choice they want to make, then let it let let it be. But I'm only happy with that. Like I said, if if they get rid of the one and done in college, make him go to college. I mean, who who was that Seattle Supersonic kid? That they, the, the, he's like seven footer. They drafted what was it early two thousands? Uh, he was eighteen yeah. years old and yeah, I don't and know. He was the, out of the league. I don't know though. I mean, like when you're a kid, uh, that's kind of what you dream of though. You want to be the you want to be the the star that gets drafted out of high school and makes all that money. Um, how many people when they're kids dream, mm, I want to be that guy who, uh, you know, goes, goes to college and has to struggle to find food and <laughs> has to live in the dorm with eight other dudes. You know, I, I don't know if the dream, uh, you know, is, is the same, you know, is the same for, for a person like that. I mean, like Matt said, you know, uh, the guy is going to make $300,000, it's up to him to do something positive with his life with that. And, uh, well, at least at the end, he's got $300,000. If he goes one year to college, bails on it, and goes to the draft, then at the end, he doesn't make the, he doesn't get drafted at the end. He's stuck without a scholarship and without anything at all to show for his year. Uh, at least a kid who got 300 grand could then potentially maybe go to school with the 300 grand. I don't know. There's an opportunity. I'm just like, there's an opportunity. They get something out of it. There's an opportunity. Maybe the NBA could work with the G League and say, you know what? Any player that's not drafted within two years, we'll give them two years of eligibility. There you go. Like they still they still got to pay their tuition. I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna give them a scholarship. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, but they would get two years, two years in the in college, and you can end your, you can get you can get your, you know most of your way through your degree and. Um, yeah. Or even if you do get, I take it back. Even if you do get a scholarship, uh, you know, it, they have money in their pocket. They can, they can afford the things in life they want. So, you know, and they'd still get to play a little bit more basketball. Yeah, I mean, the whole, the whole idea of the NCAA relaxing their restrictions and allowing players to, to get some money is, is allowing these players to finally capitalize uh, on this industry. That's billions of dollars and get their fair share. And this is a way for them to get their fair share without having to deal with the NCAA and those restrictions on that stuff. Oh boy. And so I'm pro it. I'm, I'm, I'm for it. That we hadn't even talked about that guys. What happens in the event? Uh, what happens in the event? Uh, so like who's the biggest, who's the biggest local company in Pullman, Washington? Local it, company. Yeah. Is there a car dealership or something? Oh gosh. Let's say it's IG. Was it IGA? Well, well, the biggest employer is the university, Um, but yeah. But okay, okay, IGA is a good example. They've been around for years. Let's say let's say IGA Foods in Pullman, Washington, sees a kid from uh, you know uh, uh, Spokane who potentially is being offered three hundred thousand from the G League. What if you know? What if I'm that IGA group and I decide, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to do a sponsorship deal with this kid for three hundred. And one thousand dollars, <laughs> and uh, it'd be great if he just went to Wazoo. 
What do you guys think about a scenario where that happens? Because that would be legal. Uh, well, see, that's the thing. That's that's the can of worms that the NCAA is worried about because then yeah. you're going to have teams, you're going to have companies buying entire teams. You're going to have the oh, yeah. you're going to have the New York Yankees formed again, but in you know inside in, in NCAA, yeah. you're going to have. The Oregon, you know, they're going to go buy the best players. Yeah, you're going to have the Oregon Ducks with Nike. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, it's, it, you know, Uncle Phil will go and, and bankroll the best team possible. But, I mean, that's a possibility, right? Yeah, it could be. That Well, that's that's what the NCAA is trying to avoid. That's what they're working on. They're trying – they want to allow in so the kids can profit off their own likenesses and, and make some of the money that they're earning because they are earning it. Um, they're just not getting the money from it. Uh, but they got to, they've got, it's a careful line. They've got to walk. And so there's going to be restrictions on that stuff. How could they possibly and restrict that? They're, they're, that's what, that's why they haven't, that's why they haven't just come out and said, here's the plan because they haven't figured out how to yet. <laughs> the bottom line is, is they're going to try and institute some kind of restrictions to avoid buying a team like that. And, and, uh, and, and yeah, having the salaries get out of control because the, will happen is yeah you know uncle phil open his paid book and his checkbook and for 10 million dollars he'll buy 10 players across the country or something like that um and uh this way if you go to the g league you avoid uh, the whole all that restrictions and all that loopholes you, you just go and go play for a team and the team pays you a salary i wonder if there's a way i wonder, I wonder if there's a way to have like a fund and what you do as a wait. person you know as a person who wants to give money uh, to a player, let's say you're, you know, UW, right? If I'm, uh, if I'm Dick's hamburgers, maybe what I could do is, you know, I, uh, I want to give, you know, uh, an endorsement deal for UW athletes. Here's $1 million, uh, that gets spread evenly among all athletes. I wonder if there's a way to do something like that. I, I think the, the, the real answer is ultimately you go, okay, uh, every college, you you make X amount on the year or whatever, this, this percentage, 5%, is going to be divided among the players, period. Whoever you are, whatever college you are, whatever your program is, 5% is going to the players. Yeah, but that's not the problem. The problem is uh, the, the problem with the legislation that California passed was that's letting players make individual bargains with you know, uh, uh, well, you wouldn't be, you just say, you wouldn't, you wouldn't. Oh, okay. So California allows them to make those individual deals with sponsorship. Right. Right. Okay. That's That's the problem. That's the can of worms. And that's where I'm struggling to figure out how can the NCAA possibly legislate this? I I don't know. And there are a lot of smart people sitting in rooms every day trying to figure that out right now for the NCAA. (laughs) Forget forget going to the moon or Mars. (laughs) We got to figure this out. It's more important because it's got a lot of money behind it. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, it's the way our society values things. So yeah. All right, we're running low. We're running towards the end of our show here, but I want to get some MLB Major League Baseball news in there. Uh, question number one: This is kind of a nebulous topic. Is there any way to possibly recover this season? Um, because I, I'm taking a look at it, and like with uh, Inslee ordering another month of uh, quarantine. Uh, I, it, it becomes less and less probable in my opinion. What do you guys think? There is no season. It's, it's stupid that they're going to even consider it. Like past discussions, let's wait till August or September and do a world classic 
tournament or somehow bracket. like yeah, yeah brackets that's I, I was I wasn't a fan of that at first but that's that's the way they got to go now I, they're, they're putting these kids at risk just like we discussed for the basketball too if, if they play yeah. for, in Texas and Arizona and Florida or whatever they're that's too much of a risk and, and stupid and time to move on. What you don't want to play a season I, in Phoenix where it's where in uh, August it's a hundred degrees, 120 degrees every day. And then threat of lightning storms every day. You don't, you don't want that. <laughs> yeah. When the monsoon rolls in at, at about four thirty in the afternoon, every day on like clockwork. And then, yeah. And then the, the it goes from 115 to 110 and pouring rain and a hundred percent humidity. Uh, yeah, and, and the thing is, is that Chase Field or whatever they're calling it these days is built with the you know closed roof and air conditioning to avoid that, so they can't actually play through that if they're if they're the only ones in the game in town. But if you're going to be using the uh, the spring training fields, those are open and out, exposed to the elements, and so you would be dealing with that. Um, I think I, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Soul Man. You know, if you're going to cancel the, uh, if you're going to cancel the NBA, you got to cancel the MLB. Maybe, yeah, like you, like you were saying, I think the, the World Baseball Classic. I like the idea more and more, and I think it's logically and feasibly the only real thing we could probably salvage, and it would have to happen and do it in place of the the uh, you know in October in place of the playoffs or something like that. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think um, when in October we you know we'll have a better grasp on the on the virus and. And have it better under control, and the, and you won't be endangering the support crews, like you're saying. On top of that, I, I just kind of wonder, like, uh, they they want to do a hundred game season. And I just think to myself, are you insane? How are you getting a hundred games <laughs> in? I mean, yeah, it, it's just uh, a double. Well, every if you day. think about it, if you start if you started in beginning of June, you will have only missed two months of play, which is around maybe at most 60 games, which, so you'd have a hundred games left. It's just in my mind. I don't think June is when that's going to happen. I, I, I no, honestly no. feel like no. it's yeah, going to be later. Um, although they did bring something up about this hundred game season plan that I liked, which I know is just going to, it's going to trigger, it's going to trigger you guys. You guys ready to be triggered? Three, <laughs> three, ten team divisions. I love it. Are you guys for this or not? You guys are in, right? I, I, again, is that going to be based in three states that they play all the damn games or what? No, 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 no. This is just uh, no, no, no. It would condense travel down to the region, the certain regions of the country. No national okay. league, no. no American league. Three ten team divisions. Yeah, so the Mariners would have to not only contend with the Athletics and the Astros. And the Angels getting better. Guess who enters the division? The Dodgers and the Giants and the um, Diamondbacks are actually pretty decent. Um, but yeah, the, the the West Coast League would be Seattle stretching down and around over to Texas, including Colorado. Yeah, we can lose. Um, we can lose without ever having to go to the Eastern Time Zone. Yeah, so Astros and Dodgers would win, you know, fifty games against us. And, so the big, the big know. thing, the big thing, and this is where I'm <laughs> expecting you guys get outraged, but I guess you're not going to get outraged until I, until I really. hammer this home. No more American League, no more National League, just three. Well, divisions. it would just be a one. It would just yeah, be well, a one year. It one would not year. be forever. forever. 
Forever. I'm saying forever. No. Ah, bull crap. <laughs> there we go. No. Forever. There we go. Forever is where you trigger us. No. No. There needs to be, uh, no. The, the senior circuit needs to stay as it is, and there needs to be no DH in the senior circuit. I disagree. If it's just one year, I think they should go with the DH. Oh, for one year, I don't mind. Yes. It's, it's, otherwise, it's, yeah, I agree. This is the lost year, as I'm calling it. And, it, you know, we have to accept what we can get and what's lot, what's feasible, what's safe. And I understand there's money on the line and there's people and there's contracts on the line and player development and, and you know, you, they're going to lose a service year and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? I mean, it's happening to everyone. Everyone's going to have to share some of the pain and and grow up, you know. Yeah. Radical realignment's my, my, uh, my opinion here. Just like good old Bud Selig wanted back in 1995. Well, I want to thank everybody <laughs> out there for joining us this week uh, on Seattle boo. Sports Union's podcast. Don't boo our own podcast. <laughs> I booed Bud Selig. Sorry, oh, okay, it was a delayed boo. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies. Our, our, our podcast is awesome. I think we're good. I think they should like us. I think we're pretty likable people. Yeah, like us and check us out on Facebook. And uh, as well, check out all our tweets at Seattle Sports U. Any shout outs, Soul Man? I just want to give a shout out to all of our teams that we normally cover that I'm not going to be able to this summer. It's Everett Aquasox, most likely we're not going to be able to cover. And then Bellingham Bills canceled their season. And to all those Seattle University Red Hawks, I know it's tough, but go out and support those guys next season, you guys. And they're, they're fun to go out and watch. And we will remind you all every week if we have to, because. That's where the fun in sports is right now. So please go support them. Great. And follow me on Twitter too, please. Soulman156. <laughs> All right. Well, have a great day, everybody.